0: all of you here tonight and uh, it's good that we're able to be here on a Wednesday night and uh, fellowship together, pray together, uh, just here before Christmas. Uh, would you open your precious Bible tonight to the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew. We're only going to look at one verse tonight and I want to bring the text from this one verse. It's a very well-known verse, Well, so we could read the last 3 of this chapter but the text is verse 36 and, uh, I want you to be on hand on Sunday morning for Christmas. Uh, we're going to have a, um, uh, a special Sunday morning service. Uh, I'm wanting to preach on the star, the star, um, would love to play, might even do it. We might play a song, uh, if we can do that, if I can talk our sound men into doing that and, um. Old song. And then, I don't know, I'm kind of feeling sentimental, and I'm going to get them to play another song that reminds me of when I was a boy, and you don't, you don't hardly hear it anymore. And uh, I want to play both of them. Both of them have a special meaning to me as a boy. And as a young, young man, and uh, one uh, is very special to our family, and then one is just special to all of our family as I was a little boy. So anyway, you've got to find out what it is you've got to be here, all right? So do your best at it, 10.50 on Sunday morning. But tonight, I don't really want to preach a, a Christmas message, although this could be a Christmas message. Uh, when we think of the declaration that the angels gave to the shepherds in the field... Declaring that the Savior was born and they were going to be found in a little stall in Bethlehem. One of the phrases there at the end was peace on earth, goodwill, goodwill toward men. Goodwill toward men. And so really it is Christmas because here's the thought of this passage of scripture. It's really we're talking about the goodwill of others. Now how can we show goodwill to others? Well there's a precious word here that is mentioned, actually there's 39 verses in the Bible that has this this word in it. 39 verses has this word in it. But look at verse 36 of Matthew chapter number 9. The Bible says this, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Notice what the Bible says, the Lord Jesus, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. By the way, that's still true. Here's the answer for that. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. The Bible says we're to pray to him, and he will send labors into his harvest. Now, we could preach on that tonight, but that's not the text. Verse 36 is the text. This is what's caught my attention. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. What does that word compassion mean? And this is a word that we know very well. We might not understand the definition of it. Uh, The world don't quite understand this. They might use another word. But what is compassion? When we think of the Christmas season... Goodwill toward men, there's more thoughtfulness, there's more giving, there's more uh, goodwill toward men during this time. But what is a word that's associated with that? It's compassion. What does it mean? What does compassion mean? It's found in 39 verses in the Bible. So God has a lot to say about this word. But the meaning of compassion is to recognize someone's suffering and then take action to help them. Here's another another definition of compassion. Making a difference. I want you to think about that. Making a difference. The Lord Jesus looked out and seen this multitude without a shepherd. They looked like sheep without a shepherd. They were scattered. They were fainting. They were weary. So the Bible says he not only looked out there and shed a tear because he looked out there and he seen those people that had need. No, he did something about it. See, compassion is different than a burden. Or when we think about compassion, actually I would say this. If there's a difference having a compassion. What is it? It's making a difference. It's, it's a tangible expression of love to meet the needs of those that are in need. It's, a tangible, it's tangible. You can see it. You can see it. You know it. So, when we think about this compassion, we understand the reason God, we find it in 39 verses in the Bible, is because we know that God is full of compassion. And during this Christmas time, we ought to be full of compassion. So, the question is this What moved Jesus? What moved him? What moved him? Here's the question What moves you? Get this phrase down. Don't love things, love people. Don't love things, love people. You can't show compassion to things, you can show compassion to people. The Lord Jesus Christ seen these people and he was moved with compassion. He wanted to make a difference. By the way, he did make a difference. How many of you know he's made a difference in your life? He made a difference in my life. Why? He showed compassion. So the Lord was moved with compassion. What moves us? Shouldn't be things. By the way, this was heartbreaking, and I'm not against this at all, man. My mom and dad lived down here in Bonneville Circle. They had a neighborhood dog. Uh, I done just lost, just missed his name camo. And man, I'm going to tell y'all something. Sunday, we went over there to eat. And when we left, uh, Noah called back. He left first and said, he called mom and says, I'm afraid camo was killed. And he was, he was killed on Brown's Ferry. Some man was in clay and Amy happened to see it happen. I mean, the man was barreling down Brown's Ferry, had no business Going as fast as he was. This little old dog was going to cross the street. And I mean, hit and killed Camo. And I'm just going to be honest with y'all. The whole community down there was mourning. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. You get attached to dogs, you get attached to pets. And you know, there's no doubt there was some tears shed. I understand that. I'm not, you know, I know when we had to put our little pug to sleep, you know, I'll never forget. Jessica was in there and, and she was in there, Janet, and she looked at me and she's like, and I'm sitting there crying. And Jessica looks at me, she says, well, pastor, just cry. It's okay. I said, Jessica, I am. I am crying. And uh, so we understand what it means to be sorrowful, but that's not what compassion is. Compassion should be, he was moved with compassion towards people. Jude 22 says this, some have compassion, what? Making a difference. Think about that. It's often stated, look, people don't care what you know. Y'all with me? Now stay with me. People don't, look, people don't care what you know. I mean, people hear things all the time, and people walk around, they stick, they stick their chest out, they want everybody to know how much they know. They really don't care how much you know. I really don't care what people know until I know they care. you know what makes an effective Christian? Do you know what makes an effective Sunday school teacher? Do you know what makes an effective pastor someone in the ministry? It's not how much they know. I'm going to tell you what it means. How much do they care? If somebody don't care, it really doesn't matter to me what they know. They ought to care. They ought to have compassion. Look, many have a burden and do nothing with it. So when we think about this during Christmas time, compassion responds. Compassion is putting legs on your burden. Compassion, look, let me say this. An unwritten letter never gets written. What good is a notion? What good is a text that, well, I was going to but never did? That's not compassion. Compassion is is putting legs on that. And the Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ was moved with compassion. So think about that. Don't love things, but love people. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ died for people. He was moved with compassion towards people, and so should we. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just going to be completely transparent with you. People get on my nerves. Let's just be honest. Y'all ever know anybody that's gotten on your nerves? Well, if they have it, you're not living you run into all kinds of people. By the way, I get on my nerves. I really do. And so when we think about this, God says, look, you're to have he was moved with compassion and 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 by the way, there's no one that we have been more unfaithful to than the Lord, but yet he still loves us. He still moves with compassion towards us. So I want you to know, uh we we need to understand, we need to love people and uh we need to have a revival in this. And I think during the Christmas season, goodwill toward bed, we ought to just define some things about compassion. And let me give you five things quickly tonight. Say, so, oh, my goodness, five things. We'll be here all night. I'll go in quick. Y'all ready? Five things to help you show and maybe even grow your compassion. Maybe we, our compassion needs to grow. So let me give you a couple things. Number one, this is simple. This is simple stuff. How can we grow our compassion? What would I want someone to do for me? You know what I found out? Let's think about this. Let's let's think about the good Samaritan a minute. Let's trade places with him. What would we want somebody to do for us if we were the good Samaritan? I can promise you this. If we were the good Samaritan and we've just been beaten and left for dead, we certainly wouldn't want someone to pass by us and not help us. Right? Right? So put yourself in that place. And see, here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing. Exchange places with that person. And you know what? This is very helpful. And this has helped me. I'm thinking about this. You know, it's awful funny. It's awful hard for us to forgive someone that we don't know real well, but let it be your child. Come on now. What's the difference? What's the difference? We ought to be showing compassion no matter whose child it is. But the principle there is, is exchange place with that person. Let's say I've thought about this as preachers. I've thought about this. That's why I try to be very careful the things I say. Let's say there's mamas out there. They're dealing with something with a child or something. and, And they're not happy about it. They're struggling with it. So I've got to be careful getting up here, saying certain things. I could hurt a mother. I could not show compassion. Because look, it might not be my child, but it's someone that I love's child. Compassion will help us to talk right, to be right, to think right. And look, it's putting something in place. But think about this. This could could have been me. Could have been me. I could have been that Samaritan. I could have been in that place. And so, how would I want to be treated? How would I want to, how, how would I want some, what would I want someone to do for me if I was in that position? I'm talking about compassion now. Just think if the Lord would have looked by me and passed by. Think about if in that Samaritan, the one that was laying there almost dead. We understand. Finally, someone stopped by and helped him. Think about it. Compassion. How how can we grow our compassion? Well, do that little mental thing. All right, now what would I want if I was in that position? That's why we ought to have the right kind of church. I know some things hurt worse than others, but I'm going to tell you all something right now. God died for every sin. What would I want someone to do for me? What would I want for someone to do for my child? I'm going to tell you all what. I'm going to show them compassion. You know, when our two children went off to college and they were away from us for several years i'm gonna be honest i was thankful for some people that showed my children compassion kaylee um miss shirley she lets you come up stay in her house showed her compassion i mean kaylee had to go up early and this lady we didn't know him very well it was a a, a friend of robert's through robert this lady let kaylee come up stay with her before she got a job and, and i thought man what a sweet lady she showed compassion she says well i'll pray for you kaylee no she opened up her house What would I want someone to do for me? I'm sure thankful that while we were here and couldn't be up there, a lady let our daughter stay with her, and it was a safe place, a good place. So you say, well, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, that means if, if, so, if I want someone to do that to my daughter, then I'd want to be helpful to someone else's daughter. Compassion. Number two, y'all ready? This is deep stuff. Do unto others as you would do unto the Lord. Not do unto you, but do unto the Lord. Think about this. Now, I'm trying to talk to you about growing your compassion. I mean, making a difference, putting feet on your burden, making a difference, trying to aid in someone's need or sorrow or trouble. Here's what the Lord said. For I was hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came into me. And the king shall answer saying say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Now let me ask you all a question. Here, here, here it is. And this is convicting because this is, this is tough stuff. But here's the question. Think how would, how would you treat a person if he was Jesus? <laughs> Because he just said right here, for as much as you do one of these, you're doing it unto me. So really, when you care and you think of somebody else, you're doing it for him. So let's just go a step farther. Here's the question. How would you treat a person if it were Jesus? Now, that's tough. Y'all know why? I've shared this with you before. When I was in Bible college, me and Fred Hart was in a a prison ministry, and we went every week, and we would go into the pods, and we would preach. And one particular day, we were leaving. We were finished preaching in the pods, and one of the security guards came up to us, and we have a man down in solitary confinement, and he wants ministerial uh, counsel, and we cannot deny it. But he said, gentlemen, you don't have to go, but y'all are here. Would you be willing to go? Well, me and Fred looked at one another and said, yeah, never been to solitaire. We'll go down there. So we got in the elevator. As we were going down the elevator, I could tell that security guard was acting really funny. And, he found, and we were young. We were both in our 20s, very young. I was probably 22, 23. And he looked at both of us. He said, "Oh, boys, I'm not supposed to tell you all this, but this man that you are getting ready to go see, he said he has AIDS. He said, not only does he have AIDS, he says he's a pedophile. He said, do you all still want to go? Now, I'm going to be honest with you all. Who wants to go talk to somebody like that? Yeah. Who does? But Fred or I, neither one balk, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying, well, I mean, hey, I immediately thought, well, Jesus died for him too. Yeah, that's right. Jesus loves him too. And so to be quite honest with you, I, I really wouldn't have thought anything about it, but I've thought about it since. As I've gotten older, as a dad, as a pastor, dealing with people, and I've thought about this, by the way, it could be one of my family members. And you know what? I'd hope there'd be two preachers that was in that cell or in that pod that day and somebody said, hey, there's a man down here. He's asking for something from God. Would you be willing to go? And then if the security guard told us, told that man or that preacher or whatever, it'd be a shame if that preacher said, no, I ain't going down there to that one. Because the truth is, whether I like that or not, and by the way, he ought to pay for his crimes I believe in justice but I'll say this I also believe in compassion Jesus died for that man I'd rather that man know the Lord Jesus Christ because if he gets to know the Lord Jesus Christ he'll be repentful of what he's done and God will change him no doubt about it so do unto others as you would do unto the Lord and by the way there's my principle there really going down there we had to do that for the Lord who wants to go talk to a pedophile? Here's why I say you got to not love things. you got to love people. But even more than love people, you've got to love God. Why? Because God loves people and he loves all of us. Number three, this is a tough one. But I'm talking to you about little principles of how you can grow in compassion. Do unto others as you are do unto the Lord. Do this little mental thing. What would I want someone to do for me? Number three, others must increase. I must decrease. The Bible says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, here it is, and took upon him the form of a servant, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Philippians chapter 2. I said this a moment ago. Don't love things, love people. Why? How do I treat people? (laughs) The Lord Jesus humbled himself in the death of the cross. Think about that. He became a servant. You know why? He was thinking of others. He wasn't thinking of himself. By the way, that's tough because you know who we like to think about? Us. That's really the crutch of the Christian life. We need to treat others as the Lord treats me. Look, God doesn't love me because of who I am. He loves me because of who he is. Get a hold of that. He doesn't love me because of who I am. He loves me because of who he is. The Bible says God is love. Get a hold of that. Because we walk around like we're all lovely and everything. I want y'all to know something. There are times and people know this. I'm unlovable. Y'all are being kind tonight. I'm sure there's some people out there online then that said, Hey man, I, I was expecting something. I was especially, especially expecting something back there in the back left. I got a sister back here. I got a son back there. I got a mom and a dad. I didn't hear when area whimper. But it's true. How many of y'all ever believed y'all been unlovable? Yeah. Never? I got you. But aren't you glad God loves us anyway? You know why? He doesn't love us because of who we are. He loves us because of who he is. <laughs> God is love. He does not love me because of who I am, but he loves me because of who he is. Hey, the Bible says love your neighbors as yourself. That's tough to do sometimes, isn't it? Here it is. Others must increase, I must decrease. What what Bible character did we hear about that? That was John the Baptist, wasn't it? He said, I must decrease, the Lord must increase. That wasn't a very prideful view of himself, was it? I mean, he he wouldn't so I want to get mine. No, he said, no, I want to decrease. The Lord needs to increase. And you know, I'm going to say this. Scotty Drake, he's one of the most givenest men I've ever met in my life. I couldn't imagine the money that has flowed through his hands. He lives in a little old, uh, just a little old uh, townhouse down in Florida. And I'm going to tell you all right now, he could live totally different. But man, he a give another one. It's Cham McMillan. I- I've always heard him say this. He's, he's in a, a nursing home now, but he's on the board with Health Ministries. And I've said in that board meeting with him many times, and here's what Cham's always said. The Lord will give more through you than to you. And he's lived it. He's living in a little humble assisted living place now. But he's living in a small, oh, because I mean, and he's always raised uh, raising money for Bibles. Miss Kyle, I put some notes there on your desk. That's all his life's been about. It's giving. He's wanted to give to others. He's wanted to decrease himself, increase the Lord, and want to help other people. So look, we're talking about growing our compassion. What does that mean? Making a difference. It's a tangible difference. It's tangible. It's a tangible expression. It's not just saying, I'm praying for you. And by the way, we need prayer. But it's tangible. something you can see. It's something you can feel. Number four. How to grow in your compassion. Here's one. Respond when you see a need. And then with that need, if the Lord nudges you, then... Let the nudge move you. Be sensitive to nudges. Y'all know what I'm talking about, a nudge. Now, I'm not talking about when, you know, husband and wife are sitting in a church and the preacher's preaching and I'm not talking about that. You getting that, honey? Are y'all alive tonight? Y'all never done that? Have y'all never poked your wife or your husband? Or, you know, maybe you're not smart but not brave enough to do that, but maybe you're going, oh, I hope she's getting this. I I, I hooked something right there. I've just learned many of you ain't bold enough to, to nudge. You're just going, Lord, please get a hold of them right there. That's one of them silent requests. You know what I'm talking about here? What you see with your eyes ought to affect your heart. It really should. Think about it. Really, it begins with your eyes and it moves to your heart. When you see something, I'm going to be honest, I don't, I didn't know camo as, as much as mom and them did. but I mean, I've seen camo many times down there, at mom and dad's, but I'm going to be honest with y'all. When I seen that dog laying in the middle of the road and all them people around him in the neighborhood, you know, man, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It moved me a little bit. I was sad for them and that dog. And that's just a dog. But what I'm saying here is, is when you see something and it affects your heart, you ought to do something about it. I'm talking about growing compassion. Think about it. Look, when you see with your eyes, it will affect your heart. And you know what? Move in from there and move to your hands. Do you know why God says he loves a cheerful giver? Because it started with maybe the eyes, a burden, the heart. But it always moves to a hand because you've got to use your hand to, do, to give, to be tangible. You've got to use your body. You've got to use action. So God says he was moved with compassion. We ought to respond when we see a need and the, and the Lord nudges us. Always be awakened by holy nudges. Think about that. You ought to be sensitive to these little holy nudges. And by the way, I think we have a church like that because I am encouraged by how many times I've heard someone in our church, listen, the Lord just prompted me to do this. And I mean, it's not like normal stuff for people to do. It's not like you just wake up one day and say, oh, yeah, here's what I'm going to do. No, it's so sensitive. It's so abnormal. I have to sit back and look at it and say, no, that came from the Lord because nobody normally waking up in the morning is going to do that. People that are sensitive to the Lord. And so we ought to think about these nudges. Always be awakened and aware by these holy nudges. The Lord works in and through you to others. Look and be motivated by compassion. You don't have to look very far. 1 John 3.17 says this, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels, of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? When the Lord saw the multitudes, what did the Bible say? He was moved with compassion. When, when was the last time, and this is, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> when was the last time, this is, this is convicting, that you and I were moved with compassion? You know who gets calloused in this quickly? is Christians. If we're not careful. When you see the need and the Lord nudges you, learn to respond. And when the Lord touches your heart, don't close up your heart. Grow your compassion. Number five. This is simple. When the Lord nudges you or when you feel necessary, and this is what I've struggled with, especially in the ministry, because sometimes you want to be able to encourage your church. Sometimes the Lord nudges you to do things. You don't think the outcome is what you always want it to be. But if the Lord nudges you to do something or to meet a need or something like that, here's what we have to understand. When we do that, we try to take care of a need or we show compassion. Here it is now. Y'all ready? Don't look for anything in return. It ain't one of these things, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. No, love and compassion is doing it with nothing in return. Nothing in return. For instance, there's people throughout the years, not just here, but when I was at Greystone. I never had to deal with it much at Greystone, but while I've been here, I've had several people come say, hey... um, and not so much from the church Just different type of people Sometimes it's been from the church They say hey pastor can we get some money Can we need some help And here's what they'll say to me They say well we'll pay the church back I say no 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 no. we don't do that I don't do that we, we, don't, we don't do that Y'all know why I don't do that Well number one it's a biblical principle I don't think we ought to expect anything in return But here's what happens If that person don't pay it back Somebody gets mad So I'd rather it be a gift instead of somebody saying, no, I'm going to pay you back, and then they're not able to pay the church back. So here's the principle. If we want to show compassion, we're going to do that without thinking of anything in return. Now that'll help us. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you will shut up your bowels of compassion if you think somebody ought to respond a certain way because I'm going to promise you this, they're not always going to. Now I'm not being ugly but several years ago we took up a Christmas offering and I wanted to be an encouragement to preachers. Now I would have expected if anybody would show some thankfulness and gratefulness and at least send a church a card or a text and let a church and a, 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 let a, church and a pastor that something's been put in their heart, you send them a money, I would have thought that every, I would have thought if you had told me if they was a pastor, they'd have sent a thank you card, they'd have sent, at least sent a text. Do you know out of the 12 pastors that we sent that to, very few sent a word back. And you know what I had to guard myself from? Hey, I can't quit being a compassionate person. I didn't expect anything. Now, was I disappointed a little bit from pastors? But I'm going to say this. That's why I say we can't ever get discouraged in showing compassion. If God puts something on our heart, if God puts that on our heart, we're only responsible for that. We're not responsible for what they do with it. The Lord encourages us to do for others without anything in return. When you do a kind deed or an action, don't expect nothing in return. Expect nothing in return. How to grow your compassion. Because here's what, here's what stunts compassion. Here we say, well, I tell you what, they weren't thankful. Well, sometimes people show gratefulness in different ways. Well, I will say this, though. A thank you don't cost anything. You know, and we ought to teach our children that. I mean, that, that's just, that's gone to the past. You know, we, we live in a society now where we just expect. But we ought to be thankful and grateful for things. But by the way, even though if someone's not grateful or thankful, we cannot allow that to stunt our compassion. Look, think about it. How's some ways we can grow our compassion? Number one, what would I want someone to do for me? Number two, do unto others as you would do unto the Lord. Number three, others must increase, I must decrease. Number four, respond when you see the need with a nudge from the Lord. Number five, and when you do it, when you try to help a need or you try to do something for someone else or you try to show compassion to somebody else, don't have expectations. Because I've learned this. Most of the time, you're going to be disappointed. But we're not doing it for that. And then, when you do get a thank you, when you do have someone that go over and above, and when you do see someone's really blessed because of that, you know what? It makes it worth it all, right? So y'all think during the Christmas season, you think we should grow our compassion a little bit? I mean, goodwill toward men? Grow in our compassion. Think about it. How many of y'all are glad? Can I ask, how many of you, anybody in here tonight, and I'm sure everybody will probably raise their hand, but how many of you know in a moment in your life, when you were in need, there was a real struggle in your life, and somebody showed you compassion? Would you raise your hand? You know that? You know, you, can I ask you this? Can you see their face? Thank God for them. Can I ask this? Are they still alive? Write them a note. Write them a letter. Send them a text. Give them a phone call. Just thank them. Tell them how much you appreciate them. You never know. I'm going to close with this. I was at a prayer breakfast about, I don't know, it's probably been four or five years ago now. I was at Bell Point Baptist Church down in the basement. I had a boss. His name was Butch. I worked at Honecker Lumber when I was young. And uh, he was my boss. And I'm going to be honest, I was going through some things as a young man and struggling. And I mean, there was some real legitimate things going on in my life. He brings me into his office and he sets me down in a chair. Well, he's a preacher. I think he's going to go in there and comfort me a little bit and try to, you know, give me some grace, give me a pass on some stuff, which I didn't need. But it would have been nice to have been a little bit more tender. But he brings me into his office. I have no idea why he's got me in there. He sets me down there, and I'm just going to tell you all right now, it wasn't nothing like I expected. Here's basically what he told me. He said, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to fire you. <laughs> I was like, do you not know I'm hurting? He said, yeah, I know you're hurting, but he said, we got a job to do here. And I'm going to tell you all right now, boy, when I walked out of that office, I'm going to tell you all right now, I didn't think much of that preacher. I didn't. I said, well, "What a preacher, he Yes. Can't show me no love, no compassion. And man, I go home. I'm all upset over that night. But here's what happens. Y'all ever notice when you get quiet and you lay down in bed at night? It's just between you and God. Y'all ever have times like that? It's kind of like get ready time. That's when he wants to start working on you. And so I lay down in bed at night, and I'm all upset. Man, I tell you what, I'm going to quit myself. Blah, blah, blah. And by the time the Lord just kind of comes up to me and says, why are you so upset? I say, well, he's a preacher. He ain't very kind. He's not very compassionate. Here's what the Lord says. He said, you know why? He's right. Now, that took me many years to be okay with that. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I look back now. He was a great help to me, and lo and behold, five years ago—that's been over twenty years ago—five years ago, maybe four years ago, I can't remember—I go to a prayer breakfast, and who walks in? I haven't seen him in years. We eat breakfast, but but when I when he walks in, I immediately make a—I mean, immediately make—I go over and I hug him. I say, "Brother Butch, it's so good to see you." And of course, he knows where I'm at and what's went on in my life. And uh, I I said, I just want you to know something. And I told him the story that I just told you. And I told him exactly like I said, Brother Butch, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't too happy with you that day. But I said, I want you to know something. You helped me more than I ever knew. And he started to cry. And here's what I didn't know. He looked at me and he said, Brother Mark, I want you to know something. What you just said to me has helped me tremendously. He said, we are going through one of the deepest, darkest trials of our life with our son. He said, both of our sons. I mean, this man teared up. He said, I just want you to know, I appreciate what you just said. That was over 20 years ago. He made a difference in my life. So that's why I say to you, if you see them, if they're still alive, you never know what they're going through. Maybe you need to be that one to send them a card, send them a text, send them a call, whatever it is. But if you see their faces and they're still alive, why don't you thank them while you have an opportunity to say, I want you to know you made a difference in my life because you showed me compassion. Amen. Amen. Let's stand our feet tonight. And by the way, he didn't even remember it. <laughs> I did. Y'all ever have a boss call y'all in the office and tell you if you don't straighten up, you're going to get fired? Y'all ever, anybody like that? I appreciate it, Brother Cobb. Me and Brother Cobb is the only two rebels in here. Oh, and Robert. Amen. But nonetheless, how many of y'all are glad God showed you compassion? then let's be compassionate to others, amen, especially during this Christmas season. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you that you love us. You've shown us compassion. Lord, I pray you'll help us now. This hits right at the heart of us. We're such selfish people. And Lord, there's no one more selfish than me. So I pray you'll work in our heart and lives. Help us to love like we should love. And I'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, we wish everybody a merry, very, very merry Christmas and a happy new year. We'll see you Sunday morning. God bless. Don't forget to check your post office box, please. you have called.